This episode is brought to you by LucidPoint. Are you struggling to take your IT organization to the next level? We help our customers do so with confidence. Turn your vision into reality. Call LucidPoint today. Welcome to the Quick Take Podcast, the show where you get targeted advice and coaching for executives by executives. I'm Susie Tomanchuk. And I'm James Camps. Give us 15 minutes and we'll give you three secrets to address the complex topical issues that are challenging executives like you today. Welcome to Quick Take. I'm Susie Tomanchuk, along with my great host, James Capps, my favorite host. Thank you very much. I'm so excited that I made the top five list this time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited today because we have a professional comedian joining us today to give us some tips. So welcome, Stephanie, Stephanie McHugh. Hello. Thank you for having me, Susie and James. It's great to be here. We're very excited. And just to make sure that we're all clear, Steph was also my roommate in college. I'm just going to put it out there. Oh, well, that would make anybody funny. So please email <laughs> Stephanie at stephaniemcue.com for any fun pictures of Susie. All right. <laughs> episode is over. We're done. <laughs> so James and I were talking. I, I had told him, I'd love to have Steph on. Uh, she would be really interesting to take a lens of her world and, and apply it to executives. So James, what did you think? Yeah, I think it's a great topic. And I think, you know, so many times uh, as leaders, we want to engage and and have a good rapport with our folks. And humor is a natural human way of doing that. And so we thought Steph could help us uh, come up or or identify, you know, three uh, or or maybe with a bonus uh, ways that you can incorporate humor into your leadership style. Absolutely. Yeah. But before you go, tell us a little about about yourself and then go into. Yeah. Give us some extra. What do you do? I always loved stand-up comedy. I lived in Chicago in my 20s, but never jumped on the opportunity to like start uh, until I moved back to Colorado and I had two small kids. And I kind of thought, you know, why aren't I doing things that I want to do? And I wasn't necessarily had the ambition to be a stand-up comedian, but I kind of wanted to, I did acting in high school. So I took an acting class and then I took an improv class. And then I met another improv. He said, you should really try stand-up comedy. And so I did. And Comedy Works in downtown Denver is a great club. I mean, it's nationally known. And so I just started going, checking out the open mics and went on stage for the first time, which was great. And then I went on again the second time, which was horrible. <laughs> it's kind of like childbirth the first time. You don't know what to expect. So it's not that bad. Sure. And the second time, you kind of know. And then you're right. like, you, know, you freak out beforehand. <laughs> and then I, there was auditions for the Las Vegas Comedy Festival like nine months after I'd started. So I won a trip to the Las Vegas Comedy Festival. And that kind of helped sort of shift it to, you know, working at it. I didn't always do it full time. I found it kind of challenging for myself to travel with the kids. I tried it for Mm. a little while. I know a lot of women who successfully do it, but I didn't really travel then too terribly far until they were out of the house, until I was an empty nester. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, I started doing that. And then, the pandemic 
really kind of was so hard because it was like two years after the kids had oh, left. Sure. And I felt like I was finally getting my groove and then bam. But it also really helped me realize how much I just literally love going on stage. And yeah. yeah. So now so, you do it full time. Now I do it full time. Yeah. That's awesome. I also awesome. do voiceover uh, too in my closet. Oh. That's a side in note the- I didn't tell you guys about that ahead of time. So, um, yeah. yeah. In the closet. I do, I do- in the closet. In the back of the closet. You were just a multi-talented individual. You got all sorts of uh, interesting things going on. Yeah. So, yes. All so right. talk, talk to us about leadership. How could we take that experience uh, that you have and, and tell us some ways that, that leaders can, can apply humor or, or tips for doing so? Yeah, I have three weird tips Ooh, on how to use humor in your next presentation. Okay. So number one, cool. don't freak out, but also don't freak out. So I... <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks. Good. Now let's go on to number two. <laughs> no. There's going to be a yes at the end, so no pressure. But <laughs> um, it's kind of took me a while. And I think when I first started, I thought I should just be able to go on stage and, you know, with the kids. And I find I like to take a little bit of time just to get in the right mindset. And I am a laid back. I kind of have a calming voice naturally. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that I'm me you know, I don't, so it wouldn't be natural for me to be like, Hey, hi, how you guys, you know, being too, right, it, right. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be authentic, but I also don't want to be how I might be if I'm just, you know, talking at home. Cause it might be too low energy. So that's mm-hmm. my, um, deal that that's not everybody's. So right. I just try to make sure that I am myself, I kind of up it a little, a little bit to sort of, sh- you know, project amplify. that out. Yep, amplify without um, trying to be something that I'm not. And I, I always kind of think of. I loved watching The Office. Did you guys watch The Office? Absolutely. Yep. yep. So there was one time where Dwight was going in for a, uh, I think he was going in for a job interview or performance um, review. So he went in the hallway and he he takes this tape recorder and he puts on like heavy metal music and he just oh, kicking yep, yep, and yeah. he's getting himself. Amping his energy up, up getting him all excited. Yeah, energy. I know. Yeah, I will. I will visualize the people coming. You know, I'm like, somebody got a babysitter. They spent the Mm. week getting a babysitter. She's getting all dressed up and they're going out for date night and I'm going to make it fun. Sometimes I kind of miss how fun stand-up comedy was before I did it. I mean, I love doing it, but if it makes sense, I kind of know behind the green curtain. So (laughs) don't freak out. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, but also... Don't freak out, you know. Yeah, if you that know, it's, makes it's sense. Uh, totally makes sense. And I, I, I gosh, we, I'm, I think we've done at least four episodes talking about how uh, no matter what you're doing, whether it's stand up comedy, talking to your uh, your leadership team, board meetings, when you are yourself, when you are your genuine self, and not trying to be something you're not, you are so much more effective. 
You are such much better communicator and you're going to get your story across, whether it's your set or whether it's your bu- budget acting uh, in your genuine self. I think uh, it turns out to be the best piece of advice. That's I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think it's good too. And in the negotiation as well, when you mm-hmm. pretend to be somebody you're not, you're not building that relationship and that might get somebody to kind of go against you because they don't sense that you're being authentic and they, that, that they might sense that you're trying to take advantage of them. So I love that. And another thing too, um, you know, I'm always sometimes like I may be tired. I may be performing on a cruise ship. So you had to take the red eye to Miami mm. and in the whole day getting on the ship and you don't know until you get on the ship. Okay. I've got two shows tonight. So I might be tired. I would do that in the beginning, but still in the middle, I can catch myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's just always a constant adjustment. So don't right, worry right. if you're in the middle of it and you feel like, oh, you know, just, just shift it and, and keep just going. adjust. All right. That's a great yeah. one. Okay. Let's, what's, what's your second one? Okay. Uh, remember the unexpected in the movie Pretty Woman? I, again, I'm totally dating myself. I know that's okay. <laughs> remember a movie from 30 years ago? Everyone is under the age of 30. Yes, I, I think our audience knows that movie. <laughs> um, there is one scene where Richard Gere, um, they're getting ready to go to the opera, fly to the opera, and he opens up the, the jewelry case to of show course, the iconic. necklace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he claps it shut and yeah. um, Julia Roberts laughs. Yep. That is a totally unscripted moment. And they mm. say that's the moment that made Julia Roberts a star. Wow. That is interesting. I didn't know that. So both of them, um, you know, he, and I think too, Julia Roberts, they were tired or something. So Richard Gere said, just kind of told the cameraman or the, the director, Gary Marshall, I'm going to do this, but they both were authentic and in the moment. Yeah. So if something happens, like for me, if a glass falls, you know, but you, you really want to, you know, of course you really want to do well, but, but be in the moment and adjust to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Again, it's really I, slight, but like you both said, being connected and, and being mm-hmm. present. Yeah. I, I love that as well. And I feel like, um, uh, you know, so often, um, we spend so much time preparing for meetings, um, preparing for conversations and, and the, the most uh, effective ones are the ones that end up, you know, not as you expected. Um, I can't even count the number of presentations that I've had put together that had 20 slides that I only got to slide number two. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, being ready for the unexpected, I think is absolutely key. And that, uh, that, uh, that's just going to happen. And I think if you can take advantage of that, then that's a huge, huge win. And I think we, we prepare so much that we think it's good that you're seasoned enough to know to stop at slide two if they got it or right. that it landed yeah, or they right. said yes. But sometimes sure. when you're more junior, you're like, oh, but I had 10 slides. Wait, we're going to go to, right. you know, we're going to keep going. And you're like, stop. So adjust in the yep, moment. Yep. So like being intentional. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. All right. What's exactly. the third one? The third one is always, always, always hit the red button. Um, so do tell me okay. more, <laughs> which sounds dirty, but it's not. <laughs> 
always <laughs> you didn't until yourself. you said that. All right. Now we have uh, to change the rating on this episode, but go. So. <laughs> uh, always record yourself. I can't tell you oh. how many times I will be saying something and people will laugh and I'll go, what did I just do right there? Or you may be trying something right. new or something organically, you know, mm. may have happened. For example, you know, what if I was doing a a joke and something happened? I said something, made a big laugh. It's improv then, but you can add it later. Oh. Sure. Or maybe sure. something didn't work and you go back mm. and listen and you're like, oh, it's because for me, most often is I kind of trip up very slightly on the word. Uh, One the thing, right. Yeah. yeah. And a confused mind isn't really going to laugh. So you mm-hmm. may think, oh, that's not funny. But if you don't listen back to it and go and, you know, kind of analyze, you may not know why they didn't. Right. Laugh. Right. You know what? Uh, ultimately, what you're saying is, you know, th- there's power in the retrospective. Right. And mm-hmm. as leaders and as when I have a team, you know, I always love to go back and say, all right, let's take a look at what we did, what worked, what didn't work and doing that intentionally. Right. As a as a comedian, you're on stage and you realize a joke didn't work. Well, you may remember that joke didn't work, but boy, the recording gave you, oh, it was the confusing setup mm-hmm. or it was the stumbling on that word. And we're the same with with executives. You know, you have to go back and look and see where did we really fall down? We thought it was this, but it turned out we didn't have enough resources here. You know, the retrospective and having a good, honest, and effective retrospective is a is critical to success. I love it. I do, I do too, and it also amplifies the fact that we're always shifting and getting better. And so, mm-hmm, being open mm-hmm. to that, to pressing the red button, so <laughs> right. that you can look back. And understand that, you know, we're always progressing. Exactly right. Right. I won't ask you, Susie, how many of these episodes you've watched. Um, But (laughs) that's that's exactly the point. I don't watch, full disclosure, all my sets too. But if something (laughs) happens... Right. I I will go back and, yeah, listen to it. Totally great. That's great. Those are three great ones. Yeah. Speed and a half, because I sometimes get so uncomfortable. So I'll yeah, switch it yeah. up a little bit so that it doesn't feel, yeah. No, that's that's great. Great advice. And then you had a bonus one, I think. Is that what I heard I when you started? have a bonus one. Wow. I Love it. a recipe for snickerdoodles. My mom, I got my grandma's cookbook, Betty Crocker's, 1963. Amazing. And it has snickerdoodles from like Mrs. Gary Smith. So they didn't even, if you were married, they didn't even use your, your name. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> but why would it be snickerdoodles as opposed to like chocolate chips or something? Oh, do sure. tell us. Snickerdoodles is a, is a funnier word. So I'm always looking for, and it's specific So if you want to just add a little bit of humor, Christopher Titus talks about sometimes Mm. he's just trying to keep the feather up. He doesn't want to let it, you know, let it fall to the ground. So if you're just trying to put a little bit here, put a little bit there, Mm. kind of look over something and and see how can I be either more specific um, or put a funnier word without changing the story. So I'm giving you a cookie recipe. It's just not going to be 
sugar cookies or something. It's snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles. I like that. And for another example would be, I do a joke about my um, science teacher in junior high. Mm -hmm. I say it was Mrs. Olzernowski in front of the science lab. Right. It was really Mrs. Newport. But to me, I feel like Mrs. Olzernowski. So much funnier. Yeah. My ex-husband, Sugar Nuts. I call him (laughs) on the south side of Chicago. So I just sort of have an endearment to the south side of Chicago and all the, the names, you know, know, Polish neighborhood that he grew up in. So I picked that because to me, I felt like it, it paints more of a imagery in the audience's mind. Yeah. That's right up your alley, James. James talks about storytelling and being real descriptive Mm -hmm. about something and that helps people pay attention. Yeah, I think it's important that you bring people with you uh, in your conversations. And I I do. There are I have names uh, and I have stories that I tell. And yeah, they're 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 intended to engage. They're they are intended to keep the feather up. Um, yeah, we, we use example. I love that, that Titus, uh, analogy that he uses. And I love the, the, the fact that sometimes it's important to use language words, examples that resonate with the audience. Um, and so often, um, when I'm communicating ideas, you know, you have to use analogies, you have to use use cases and you have to use, uh, and, mm. and you have to know your audience. Um, you know, I'm preparing for a presentation right now and I, you know, I'm taking, it's taking everything I have to keep it from getting really nerdy because this group has an attention span. I have 15 minutes and I'll probably get to five. And so oh. I have to change my story. I have to know how to grab them. I have to use Mrs. Olzanowski versus, you know, Mrs. Smith. And I yeah. think that's a, that's a really great way of looking at the way that we communicate as leaders. Love that. I love love that. Love that. All right. What'd you hear, James? Tell us what, sh- what, let me, what let me tips? see if I can wrap these up. I am going to, I'm going to do a horrible job. I can't even begin that they're, they're with the uh, fun little uh, ways you put it. I think the first one was, you know, don't freak out, but you know, also don't freak out, you know, stay on target. And then the second one was, you know, sometimes the, uh, you got to be prepared for the craziness. If somebody's going to close the jewelry case on your hand, then you've got to be prepared to, to respond to that. And I think that's, that's really important. And then always look back look at the retrospective. Don't forget to hit the red button, do the, look at the recording, look, understand where you made mistakes. Um, and then obviously the good one is, you know, speak to people where they are, use the language, use stories, um, good communicators, uh, find ways to, to reach their audience, whether you're a comedian or whether you're a professional coach, touching, uh, speaking to people where they are is, is huge. I love the alignment. There's so much alignment. Like when you were talking, it was super interesting to see kind of the techniques that you use on stage are things that we use as, a, as executives every day as well. Well, and I think the reality is, is there's humans involved, right? And that's the yes. huge part of it. It's, yeah. And both of us are talking to drunk people, right? That's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> no? That is true. Yes. I, 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 I'm not saying at the company I work at now, but I have worked at companies where I'm certain that the people in the room were not sober. <laughs> oh, boy. And with that, thank you, Steph. Thank you so much for being here. And uh on topic. Yeah. Thank great. you. Yeah. It was it was a pleasure. I hope I wasn't too wordy. I forgot we were doing 15 minutes. You need to give me a light next time. But it well, was a lot of it, fun. I could just talk forever. We, yeah. Thank we, you. We needed a tight we needed a tight 10 and you gave us a 20. So we're we're feeling oh, pretty good. good about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thank you. We appreciate it. And we'll, well, maybe we'll do this again. Maybe we'll do another kind of lens on this, this topic. So thank you so much for being here. Okay. We appreciate it. Thanks, James. Feel free to share this with somebody that needs to put some more humor in their, their worlds or whatever. Just share it with other people. We'd love that. And uh, both James and I are on LinkedIn. And we'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us. And as all of us, I'll speak for all three of us, we appreciate you for taking your time to being here with us today on Quick Take. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Quick Take, where we talk about the questions that are on the minds of executives everywhere. Connect with us and share what's on your mind. You can find us on LinkedIn, YouTube, or whatever nerdy place on the internet you find your podcasts. All the links you really need are in the show notes. 